0: Be Wealthy and Smart, episode 346. into a world of wealth and financial freedom without budgets, boredom or bosses on Be Wealthy and Smart. And now, here's your host, Linda P. Jones. Welcome to Be Wealthy and Smart. I'm Linda P. Jones, America's Wealth Mentor, empowering women and men worldwide to financial freedom. On today's show, we're going to talk about have home prices reached their limit And this is an article that came from CNBC that I wanted to share with you. I thought with real estate prices going through the roof and all this craziness in several markets around the country and the world, it would be very interesting to talk about this article and relay this article to you. But the gist of this article is really that if you have a cheaper house or a smaller home that you're making a greater percentage gain. And they're also saying that we might be at the end of this housing boom. So this article at CNBC says, while home prices have always been ruled by supply and demand, that calculation is on steroids in today's market because of an acute housing shortage. The shortage is worst at the low end of the market, which is why prices in that tier are rising at twice the pace of those on the high end of the market. Nationally, home prices jumped 6.2% in September compared with September of 2016, accelerating from the annual gains in previous months, according to the S&P Case-Shiller Index. Prices have now recovered nearly 46% from the trough of the housing crash back in early 2012 and are nearly 6% higher than the peak of prices in 2006. Now it goes on to say that home prices on the low end of the market are rising at twice the pace as those on the high end. And during the recession, builders dropped production by more than half of their normal pace. It also says, of course, all real estate is local and prices are rising more quickly in some markets than others. More telling is when you look at the price tiers in each market. The low end of most markets is where the most demand is as millennials age into their home buying years. It is also where the least supply is. During the recession, builders dropped production by more than half their normal pace, and they still have not recovered fully. Lower-priced homes went into foreclosure at a rapid clip, and millions of them were bought by investors who turned some of them into rentals. In fact, there are 5 million more single-family rental homes today than there were before the crash. The vast majority of these are entry-level homes that used to be part of the owner-occupant housing stock. As a result of the shortage, home prices are rising much faster on the low end than the high end, where there is more supply. A survey by Zillow shows the difference in home price appreciation on the high end of the market versus the low end. The high end is defined as the top third of the housing market, by price and the low end is the bottom third by price and then it has a chart here and it shows annual price appreciation in selected markets and i will leave a copy of this on my website in case you want to take a look at this chart basically on a national basis it says the high end is up 3.7 percent and the low end homes are up 8.4 percent so it's making The argument that the smaller homes are appreciating more on a percentage basis. And in New York, the high end is up 6.4% and the low end is up 8.4%. Los Angeles, high end up 5.6%, low end up 7.6%. Chicago has a much bigger difference. The high end is only up 1.6% and the low end is up 6.6%. Boston up 4.5% on the high end and 8% on the low end. Dallas up 4.7% on the high end and 9.4% on the low end. Miami up 2.1% on the high end and 9.6% on the low end. Denver 5.4% on the high end, 9.9% on the low end. Detroit 5.1% on the high end and 20.3% on the low end. Atlanta, 4% on the high end, 13.2% on the low end. Washington, D.C., 0.8% on the high end and 3.8% on the low end. And San Francisco, up 5.2% on the high end and 9.1% on the low end. So really, looking at this column, New York had the most appreciation on the high end, 6.4%, and Detroit had the most appreciation on the low end of 20.3%. The article goes on to say the supply on the high end of the market is much greater and the supply in the middle of the market, which is where most of the home builders target, is growing, but there is not much hope for supply on the low end. Quote, the past two months have shown promising signs of life from builders that have had difficulty meeting this intense demand in the face of rising land, lumber and labor prices wrote Savanja Goodell, chief economist at Zillow. But it's going to take a lot more than two good months to fully erase the housing deficit we're facing after years of underbuilding. The next section is called Investors Hanging On to Rentals. And it says investors are also unlikely to unload the lucrative rental properties they've been holding. In fact, the institutional market of rental investors has consolidated recently and streamlined its management. Institutional investors, led by Blackstone's Invitation Homes, now own just more than 200,000 single-family rental properties worth an estimated $33 billion, according to Amherst Capital, and that is growing. Quote, institutional activity in the single-family market continues to increase, driven by relatively attractive valuations, modestly strong home price appreciation, and stable financing, said Sandeep Bordia, head of research and analytics at Amherst Capital. We believe that evolving demographics, financial factors, and shifting consumer preferences will keep demand for single-family homes elevated over the coming years. I just want to pause right there and say that I have heard about uh, hedge funds, which are investments made by wealthier people, you generally have to have over a million dollars to invest, excluding your home in order to invest in a hedge fund or 300000 of income. And it allows hedge fund managers to basically invest in anything they want to. And what I've been hearing is that because bonds are yielding such low rates of return, I mean, 2% yield annually on a 10-year treasury, for example, investors, the hedge funds, these billions of dollars are looking for higher yield. And so they've been buying homes in order to make rent and be able to get a higher rate of return on their capital. So I think the institutional market moving into the housing market, and in particular, in some cases, lower housing, lower-priced housing, which makes for better rentals, uh, can be attributed to some of this appreciation. The article goes on to say, "...as a result, millennials who might have been buyers are turning instead to single-family rentals, which are often in good neighborhoods with good schools." That's what large-scale investors targeted when they entered the market following the housing crash. So while it may seem from the national picture that home prices are not as overheated as they were in the past few years, the story is far different when you focus on where the demand lies. Quote, income growth has been decent lately, but it has not kept pace with rising housing costs, giving renters in particular the feeling of trying to hit a moving target as they attempt to save a down payment for the jump into homeownership, Zillow's Goodell said. There's a lot happening just under the surface of this otherwise fairly predictable market, and not all of it bodes well as we look ahead into 2018. End of article. Well, I think also what's been happening is as interest rates started to rise, a lot of people felt like, oh my gosh, rates are going up, so money's going to cost more. Our payments are going to go up because the interest cost is going to be larger. So therefore, we better jump in and try to lock in these low interest rates now. So I think a lot of people who were on the fence about buying or who thought they might buy in the next year or two really have tried to push it up and buy now. So there's been a lot more demand for buying because of the rising interest rates. And so you then see this huge spike in values right at the end of a bubble-type horizon-type time frame because of exactly this, where everybody's trying to jump in at the same time. So I hope this doesn't portend that uh, difficult times are ahead, but... Should interest rates rise a lot or should the economy roll over, it could be a difficult time for people and we might not see the uh, appreciation that we have seen in real estate markets. I will say that real estate does tend to move in about an 18-year cycle and we're about there on, um, on this housing cycle. And not only that, but we have a bubble in just about everything. We have a bubble in the bond market, pretty much the stock market, the housing market, It's uh, really interesting times. There's a bubble in many, many assets. So it will be interesting to see how this all plays out. Be cautious, try to put more down on your home if you can. Uh, Try not to put a minimum down because if the price of the house drops, you'll be underwater. So the more equity that you can put down, the more you give yourself a little cushion should you need to sell your house uh, and prices decline in the next few years, you'll have more of a cushion there and also always pay more, 1 more on your mortgage to have more equity building faster as you pay off your house. So those are some tips for you. I hope that helps with the housing market. It'll be interesting to see if we are in fact at a peak or if this housing market can go on for a while longer. That's all for today. Until next time, live the good life and be wealthy and smart.